Welcome to this week's Over-Unders MLB edition of Stats on Deck. I'm Nick Laporte, and I'm joined by Jake Adams. What's up, buddy? How you doing? We're going to go look through the NL and the AL, try to figure out, if you're betting, should you go over-under the Vegas projected win total for each team. We're going to jump right into it and start with the Paul Goldschmidt-less Arizona Diamondbacks. They are set at 73 and a half. Jake, over, under 73 and a half. I like the 73 and a half number. Uh, they had 82 wins last year with Paul Goldschmidt, with uh, Pollock. Right. Who's since been traded to the Dodgers, or signed with the Dodgers. Free agent, yeah. Free agent, right. Um, I'm going to go under 73 this year. I think they're really going to struggle. Uh, I think the top feeders and the Dodgers and the uh, the Rockies are really going to feast on them this year. Yeah. Um, it's a really top-heavy division, but I don't see Arizona uh, winning more than 73 games. So I'm going to take the under there. I agree. I honestly think Arizona could fall all the way to last in their division. Um, the Giants are still kind of bad, but they have a better core than the Diamondbacks. And the Padres should get a little bit better with Machado. We don't know how his personality will mesh with that team, but they're an up-and-coming team. And then, as you said, the top of the Top of that division looks pretty good. So we're both going to agree under 73.5 for the Diamondbacks. Yep. Moving on, the reigning NL East champion Atlanta Braves. They won 90 games last year. This year, over under 86.5. What do you think? I'm all, I'm also going to go under on this one. I think with the acquisition of Bryce Harper with the Phillies, I think it's going to be a race between the Phillies and the Nationals this year. I think the Braves are also going to have some regressions from their uh, sophomore players. Um, I think Acuna and um, their uh, Aussie Albies and Aussie Albies. Thank you. Uh, I think they're going to regress a little bit this year in a sophomore slump. I have the Braves uh, finishing third in that division. Um, I think they're probably going to hover around eighty wins, but uh, it's going to be a really tough division this year. So I have them going under. I'm in agreement with you there. I think um, we'll get to the Mets in in a moment, but uh, the Mets and Braves are both at eighty six and a half. I think. Of the two, only one of those two could go over. I think we're both in agreement that the Phillies and the Nats look like the better picks there. So we're going to both agree under 86.5 for the Braves. Moving right along, NL Central, Chicago Cubs. They won 95 last year, barely didn't win their division. It came down to game 163. Mm -hmm. Over under 89.5, what do you think? I have them over on 89.5. I definitely see them winning more than 90 games this year. I think Chris Bryant's going to hopefully play a, a full, healthy season. Uh, I think John Lester is going to have one more great year as a as a number one. Right. And then you obviously have Anthony Rizzo at first base. I I think that team is going to win the division again this year. And I definitely have them over 90 wins. I think 89.5 is almost a little bit insulting. I don't. I can't think of this Cubs team with with the core players that they have going under 90 wins. Right, and with all their injuries last year, they won 95. Right. I will say I'm expecting a huge regression from Javi Baez. That being said, that might actually be a good thing because when Javi was their best player, they won 95 games. I think with Chris Bryant, like you said, back in MVP form, this should be a team that potentially leads the NL in wins in general. I think this is a 100-win team talent. And I think over over 89.5 is a good bet. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move on to the Cincinnati Reds. This is a team both you and I think can surprise some people this year. 
And Vegas kind of agrees. They only won 67 last year. This year they're set at 79.5. Jake, over under 79.5. I actually have them as a sleeper second wild card team. Um, it's a little bit of a long shot, but I really like the acquisitions that they had this year. They got Alex Wood from the Dodgers. They brought Yasiel Puig over in that deal. Um, I also really, I also think that Sonny Gray is angered yep. um, by how things went in New York, and I think he's really going to have a bounce back year. Yeah. A mid market team with not a lot of, um, with not a lot of projected success. I think he's going to settle in there, and I think he's going to have a really good bounce back year. I really like their infield as well. I mean, you have one of the best first basemen of our generation, and yeah. uh, playing over it, playing over at first base, and then you have um, in third base one of my favorite. Nobody knows who this guy is. Um, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> of course, as soon as I think of the guy, the guy's name. Hold on, we can edit this out. But um, third baseman for Reds. This is why we have a computer here. Um, for the Reds. I should have this up. Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez. Suarez. He's whom a- I love. And nobody knows who he is. You have jo- Joey Votto at first base. Scooter Jeanette. Well, I want to talk about Votto for a second. Sure. Building off of... Because I agree. I think this is an over for wins here. I think the Reds are... They have the bones of a playoff team the same way Milwaukee did last year. Mm-hmm. And for Votto, I actually... This is sort of off on the side... I have him as a sleeper MVP pick mm. because he certainly put up the offensive and defensive resume of an MVP player. He's just never really played on a good team. The last time they made the playoffs right. was 2013. Mm-hmm. I think Votto, this could be his last hurrah as one of the absolute premier players in baseball. So I like him as an MVP. That being said, uh, Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, he's one of my favorite guys. Nobody knows who no he, nobody knows who he is because he plays for the Reds. Right. But he hits a ton of home runs in that in that little league ballpark. You had Joey Votto on the other side. You've got Yasiel Puig in the outfield. Matt Kemp is a fourth outfielder yeah. who's probably going to end up starting for them at some probably. point. Probably, and that's not a bad thing. He's no. coming off an All Star campaign mm-hmm. and had some success in the playoffs. I really like the looks of this Reds team. When you look at it, it, it doesn't really jump out as you at you the way like the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, you know, these teams with superstar talent at a bunch of positions, but they have a collection of guys that the parts could be greater than the whole. Mm-hmm. So or however that goes. Yeah. So we both like the over seventy nine and a half there. Uh the next team on our list is the Colorado Rockies. Rockies coming off Narrowly finishing in second place in their division. They also went to game 163, lost to the Dodgers. The Rockies just signed Nolan Arenado to a super big, super long extension. They have made the playoffs as a wild card two years in a row. And um, their over-under this year is 84.5. Jake, over-under 84.5 for the Rockies. I actually see them inching out potentially the Dodgers in the division this year. I think I think 84 and a half is low for them. I I think with paying Nolan Arenado, they've shown their players right. on the team, they've shown their manager Bud Black that they're prepared and they're ready to make to win the division and they're not content with being second. Right. Um and haven't been I really like I mean Nolan Arenado's a MVP candidate yep. every year. I like Daniel Murphy getting yep. picked up over the offseason. Murphy's going to rake in that ballpark. He's going to hit any it it 
it doesn't matter so much that he's playing defense in a wheelchair. Right. Because he's going to hit three. Don't, don't expect him to be contending for a gold glove at any position at this point. No, you've got – and you've also got Trevor Story who's a year older. And I think Trevor, Story's, Trevor Story has the ability to – I mean, in that ballpark to yeah. just absolutely kill the ball. Uh, and Story I, broke out last year as uh, one of the young up-and-coming star shortstops. I think I really like the left side of that infield – uh, Charlie Blackman, a consistent performer, and I think the only thing that could hold them back is their pitching. Now, Kyle Freeland last year showed that he could be an ace further down the road. I kind of like their bullpen as well. I think when you play in Colorado, a bullpen is key because you're going to have situations where your starters routinely can't get through five or six innings. So I like the way they built that bullpen and I think I agree with you here. I think this could be the year for the Rockies taking the division finally, especially with the Dodgers coming off two World Series losses in a row. I think the Rockies are a trendy pick here to take over the NL West and go into the playoffs with some home games finally. 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 Uh, next one, we just mentioned them, the L.A. Dodgers. Two World Series appearances in a row. They lost Manny Machado. They're getting Corey Seager back. And they flirted with signing Bryce Harper, but decided against it in the end. They won 92 games last year, over under 93 and a half. Jake, how many, how many wins will the Dodgers get this year? I think they're going to be a little bit below 93 this year. I think they're tired. I think when you see teams like this, like Texas in the early 2010s, go on this run of making it, to the World Series and not finishing the job, right. I think that eventually ends up catching up with you. I mean, you play for a long – if you play – you have short off seasons, you play deep in October and you don't win, I think that beats you up as a team. They're also getting a little bit older. Clayton Kershaw hasn't shown the ability to get through an entire season. Right. They lost some pieces in the outfield. I I just – I don't see – I do like the Pollock signing, though. I yeah. think um, obviously injuries have cost him the chance to be a true star player, but – uh, we're not too far removed from him being one of the premier outfielders in the National League. Mm-hmm. So I like I like that from their standpoint. I also like the decision they made to not go for Bryce Harper for a 10-year-plus deal. I think that helps them in the long term. However, in the short term, that might hurt them because, let's be honest, adding a player of his caliber to a World Series-level team would have been a really good move. Mm-hmm. That being said... I think I'm going to disagree with you and go over here. I think the Rockies can win this division, but I'm going to pick the Dodgers until I actually see them fall out of the race. How how many wins do you see that taking? I see them. I see that division is going to be tough. I think it's going to take 95 wins to take that division. I don't know if the Rockies can do it. I think they can. I know the Dodgers can do it, so that's why I'm going to go over here. The la- the last thing I'll say too is that because the Dodgers have reigned in that division for so long, right. I think everybody when especially like when you see the Giants, the Padres, uh you have the Rockies. I think when you see even even Arizona, when you see the top of of the list in your division, I think those games get circled on your calendar right. and you get up for those games. And I I I really think that it's going to catch up with the Dodgers at some point, so Fair enough. So Jake has them under. I have them over. Mm -hmm. The next one, one of our favorite teams, the (laughs) worst team potentially in the National League, the Miami Marlins, who uh, actually 
credit them. They didn't trade away an MVP player this offseason. Oh, no, they did. Oh, they wait. traded JT Real Muto. So uh, the Marlins coming off uh, trading Giancarlo, Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, the reigning NL MVP, JT Real Muto, the best catcher in the NL. Uh, it's kind of a disaster in Miami. They have gotten rid of every player you would think that has any kind of value right now. They're betting on the future. Now, that being said, last year they were able to somehow pull out 63 wins. This year the over-under is set at 63.5. What do you think over-under? I go under because if the best player on your team is Starling Castro – who doesn't even want to be there? Who doesn't want? Who does not want to be there? And I can't name another starting rotation pitcher other than Urania right. on their team. And, I, and he was solid. He's fine, but the I mean the problem is is that you have a minor league you have a minor league team playing right. against professional athletes every day, and they're doing this massive rebuild. They have right. sold away two MVPs. In the last two years, potentially right. a third one in right. JT Real Muto coming up. I just – I don't see them – I mean, they will be lucky. They will be lucky to win 55 games this year, especially in that division. I have to agree with you. If we look at a similar situation last year, um, the Orioles in the AL East, when the division is so strong at the top, there aren't a lot of wins left over for the bad team. So I think this is a clear under here. Miami, it's going to be a while until they even approach the 80-win mark again. That being said, we both agree under 63 and a half. Mm-hmm. The next one on our list, the Milwaukee Brewers, very nearly made it to the World Series. They were the number one overall seed in the playoffs in the National League last year. They won 96 games, beat the Cubs in game 163. Their over-under this year is 86.5. Jake, what do you think? Um, I have a slight regression coming from coming from the Brewers. I think they're a really good team. I think they hit with a lot of guys last year at the perfect time of their career. Brandon Woodruff was a, was a rotation guy for them that pitched a lot of good innings for them last year. They acquired Gio Gonzalez from the Nationals. Right. I think that really helped them in their push for, for their playoff spot. You had an MVP year. And Christian Yelich. I mean, right. Ryan Braun had kind of a Ryan Zimmerman resurgence. Right. I think they... And they, Lorenzo Cain as well, who gets absolutely no credit, um, had pretty much his best year, however you look at it. Maybe not defensively, but offensively, he was their second best player throughout the course of the season. Um, now, one good thing I like is Yelich is in right field, mm-hmm. which is where he should be. Yep. Um I think Braun has shown us over these last couple of years that when he's healthy, he is a capable bat in their lineup, and he will produce for them. Um, I like Arcia yep. at shortstop. I like the signing of Moustakis. However, I'm not sure how I feel about Travis Shaw and Mike Moustakis flip-flopping positions. Yeah, I... They they experimented a little bit and they actually played Travis Shaw at second base last year in the playoffs. Right. It seemed to work out for them. You kind of were getting by. I don't know how that works over a hundred and sixty two game season. Right. The one thing that I think we're, we're ignoring a little bit with some of these other teams though is their bullpen really carried them through a yes. lot of the year, made up for a lot yes. of starting rotation depth issues. By the way, Jeffress was kind of a heart attack in a can last year in the sure. playoffs. Uh, Josh Hader, I believe it was his second year last year, completely broke out onto the scene and. 
was a star pitcher for them out of the bullpen. You'd have to think some regression is due there. The the other thing, too, is, like, you look around the depth chart of, of Milwaukee, and, like, every position outside of second base really is just kind of anchored. They, they're solid yeah. every which way you look. I mean, you've got Aguilar at first base. He had an all-star year last year. He yeah. had a ton of home runs. Travis Shaw with, played with the Red Sox, was capable of playing third base well. Definitely right. will hit for you. I mean, and they also picked up as money grand right. all. Uh, I catcher. The um, the prize free agent catcher, if you want to look at it that way, uh, he obviously struggled for huge stretches of the season and in the playoffs, but uh, he's a guy who can produce for you. Uh, that being said, you're going – are you going over or under the, the – um, I'm going – The 86 and a half. I'm going over. I think I think they're going to be close to 90 games this year. I think it's going to be tight. I understand the 86 and a half thing. Right. There's going to be a regression, but I, they're really if they can stay find a way to stay healthy. I and I love that bullpen. Yeah. I think that they're going to trail the Cubs the entire year. I don't think they're going to win the division, right? But I think that they're going to be competitive, and I think they're going to make it a race down into September. So I'm I, going over. I'm going over as well. I think they need to make a trade for a starting pitcher, though. I really hate the depth they have there. I don't like betting on Ulysse Chassin as my number one guy. I know they're more creative with how they use starting pitchers and bullpen pitchers, but I'm really not a huge fan of the way they built that rotation. So Mm -hmm. I think we will see by the time the trade deadline rolls around, there has to be some kind of trade. A Gio Gonzalez level move is not going to do it this year Mm -hmm. with the Cubs healthy. That being said, we both agree over 86 and a half. The next one, we briefly mentioned them earlier, the New York Mets. The Mets, 77 wins last year. This year, over under 86 and a half. What do you think? I think it's going to be a question of how healthy they're going to be. I mean, right. they have, they've always – I mean, Jacob deGrom had one of the best pitching seasons in, in recent memory right. last year. He I mean, was outstanding. Practically unhittable. Um they got Robinson Cano, an aging star right. at second base, still capable of hitting. Sure. I I think the question really is going to come down to is how healthy can they be? Right. And building off of the health, I like the move to get Wilson Ramos. Ramos has, for the last few years, whatever league he's been in, been one of the top three catchers. Uh, that being said, health is always a concern with him. It's going to be a concern with Cano. It's going to be a concern with some of their pitchers like Syndergaard, mm-hmm. who when he's playing is one of the top pitchers in the NL, but he's going to miss time, which you don't like. I'm also not a huge fan of Matz, yeah. Steven Matz. I think he uh, he's kind of rode the wave of the Mets' young pitchers being so good where his results aren't really there the way they are for DeGrom, for Syndergaard, and previously for Matt Harvey and Zach Wheeler. That being said... I'm gonna to have to agree with you. I think health is the biggest concern here. I also really like some of the some of the uh, free agent signings that they had. They picked up Jed Lowry, who's who's getting older, but he's one of our favorite players. Yeah. Kind of under the radar. Uh, he'll he'll have a great year for them. Always, there's pro- no question. Always producing. They picked up Robinson Cano, as he said. Uh, I really like the fact that they got Diaz as a closer. He was probably yeah. the top closer yeah. of the free agent Absolutely. class, and picking him up to solidify that. It's bullpen is huge. Definitely better than having Yuris Familia. As they your also guy. got back, right? As they also got back. Uh, so relying on Diaz is going to be a better pill to swallow for Mets fans. Uh, looking in the outfield, Brandon Nimmo yeah. broke out last year. Love Brandon Nimmo. Underrated superstar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and say it. Uh, Nimmo. He he's in the Anthony Rendon All Star class. Mm-hmm. The guys that no one wants to talk about, but are some of the best at their position. 
Looking at their center field depth, though, um, we've seen what happens when Juan Lagares is your, your number one center fielder. Capable of winning a gold glove, not really capable of hitting a baseball. He's like the ugly version of Jackie Bradley Jr. Right. He plays he plays less it, it he's a good comparison and he can play gold glove winning outfield like you said, but his bat is atrocious. He, he, and in the NL, you need to have an outfield that can produce and that can hit. And yes. the only thing that concerns me about the Mets is Michael Conforto and Juan Lagares as two of your three yes. slots in the and outfield. And Conforto is to be fair to him has shown potential of being a future all-star. Maybe somewhere down the road, but he has definitely not shown that he can consistently produce over 162. Yeah. So I'm going to – I'm gonna. Uh, you said under, right? Yeah. I don't, no, no. Actually, yeah, I'm going under just because that division is just going to be a bloodbath. The division's year. too heavy at the top with the Phillies half. and the Nationals. I'm going to agree with under because I also think, like I said earlier, it's if the Braves and the Mets, one of them could go over, and I think if it's – if one of them does, it's the Braves. I think the Mets are the clear fourth-place finish in this division. That being said, they're going to be more competitive than last year when they only won 77 games. They they look to me like an 82-83 kind of win mm-hmm. team. I agree. So I'll go under, but not, not a clear under. And, you know, if things break their way, they could go way over. Sure. We, we will see. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we will talk about the Phillies, who just added Bryce Harper. Uh, looking at the Phillies, we're going to go with the 86.5 number. What do you think? I definitely think it's over. I think the Phillies had the best offseason of any team in baseball. Right. Um, they obviously – I mean, they got Bryce Harper. It's a huge move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Potential MVP. Anytime you add one – and they, I think they added two personally with also Real Muto. I, I mean, they're, they're, their entire team's solid. I mean, you have Odul Herrera in the outfield. He's shown – Consistently his, underrated as well. Shown the ability to play. I mean, Reese Hoskins at first base. Michael Franco, who has power at third base, can right. handle his position. You sign Juan, uh, Gene Segura – at shortstop, who's who's a, who's a star sol- player, solid acquisition. I mean, yeah. and, and like you I'll, said, I'll say the people that I don't like on this team that I think could hurt them. I think McCutcheon is way past his prime. I think he's still a capable player, but I think personally, if I'm an AL team, I'd want him to be uh, my left fielder and also bring in a DH. As an NL team, I don't know if McCutcheon starting is the best move for. Uh, championship hopeful team uh, looking past him also like you just mentioned Michael Franco he has improved every year of his career and he's getting better at certain things like laying off the breaking ball getting on base more using that power to his advantage but I'm not sold on him as a guy that's going to be an anchor in my lineup and then also looking at their bullpen it's not the strongest bullpen well, that's where I actually have question marks and where I can see this being an issue with their team. I think if you have David Robertson, who is shown to be a very, very solid, competent bullpen piece, I right. don't see him as a closer. He was a closer with the Yankees. He was a yeah. closer with the White Sox. He showed surges and promise yes. to be successful, but it's not. But it wasn't great. Last year, I'm just speaking off of when I watched them play against the Nationals and the Red Sox and right. just seeing them play. I actually feared their bullpen. They just had a bunch of guys who came up throwing hard. They threw strikes and they got out. I really like that kid Dominguez that they have. Yeah, Dominguez is good. Neris is good. Pat Neshek. Neshek, he's he, – I'll, I'll say he's another one of our Anthony Rendon All-Stars. Completely underrated. Plays really well. Um, the thing, though, is that, is that they just don't have a clear – 
closer. And right. the thing that worries the, me about that is that if you're getting into these games with this type of division, with yes. the Nationals, with the Braves, right. if you look the at, Mets. If you I mean, look at the Braves and the Nationals and the Mets, uh, the bullpens are definitely way stronger there. No question. I think, I think, and we will see if Craig Kimbrell ends up on the Phillies. Then that completely changes the discussion because they have an established closer. He's been linked to the Phillies, the Braves, the Nationals, as well as the Red Sox and a few other teams. Kimbrell could be a huge domino that falls, that mm-hmm. changes this discussion. But I think I'm going to agree with you. Over 86.5, I think this is a 93-94 type of win team. Mm-hmm. We'll see how all the new players mesh into into that dugout. And um, we'll see if, if they're up to the task of being a division winner. We saw them surge and lead the division sometime around August last year. And they completely fell off in the last... 30-plus games or so, and ended up finishing third. Obviously, that was before adding Real Muto and Harper and a few other guys, but I like the over here as well. When's the last time the Phillies made the playoffs? Well, the last time the Phillies made the playoffs was 2011. It matters. It, it does matter. It, matters. it does matter. And and that's why I think that could be a good reason for them to be pushing for that. That being said, they're going to have to deal with the reigning champion Braves, who are a solid team. They're going to have to deal with a revamped national squad. The Mets have made moves to be better. And honestly, the NL overall looks a little stronger this year, I think, than last year. So we'll see what the Phillies, that being said, we both agree they're over 86 and a half wins. The next one on our list is a confusing one for me. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they won 82 games last year and were somewhat in contention for the second wildcard spot up until probably mid to late August into September. Um, So they won 82 games last year. 77 and a half over under Jake what do you think This one's really hard for me this is one of the ones we picked out earlier when we were looking at the list kind of breaking it down there's such a there's such a middle of the pack wavering team that the 77 and a half makes sense I I don't have a clear answer for this because I have no idea what to expect from from their team I mean they they don't really have much starting rotation depth I mean Chris Archer from in that trade last year yes. that they got from Tampa Bay was was fine. They have Corey Dickerson in the out in the outfield. He was kind of like an Anthony Rendon type guy. He's right. always produced. He's a good player. Starling Marte in center field. Great yeah, I mean, player. You're, you're gonna have to bet on Starling Marte. Number one, staying healthy. Number two, staying clean. And number three, um, sort of getting back to that production that he showed a couple years ago when he looked like a perennial All Star level player. The, the the reality is is that this outfield is going to have to carry their offense because if you're a, if you just commonly watch baseball, I doubt that you could name a single infielder for the Pirates. And that's right, kind of- I'm looking at the depth chart right here, and um, Josh Bell, he's a good player. I mean, I think anybody who watched the Pirates last year saw potential in him to be a good player um, going forward, but uh, beyond that, it is not a very hot list of guys. The other the other thing, too, is the bullpen. It, it, there's a lot of question marks. Now, the one thing that we'll say is that they got a, they made a very smart move a couple years ago in getting Vasquez from the Nationals right. as their closer. Formerly Felipe Rivera. Formerly Felipe Rivera. But uh, he's a he has turned out to be a star in the yes. bullpen. The problem is, can you get to him? Right. That That's one of the things that worries me. He is... Honestly, one of the one of the best relief pitchers in the National League. I don't know how many chances he's going to get to close a game. I, it, I so I I personally like the under here. Okay. I think in the Central, the wins are going to be going to the Cubs, the wins are going to be going to the Brewers, and the wins are going to be going to the Reds. 
So as far as the Pirates go, I think this is going to be a frustrating year for them. Mm-hmm. Under 77 and a half. Uh, the next one on our list, they, they added Manny Machado. That was their biggest move possibly in franchise history. Honestly, when you look at it, the San Diego Padres won 66 last year. This year, the over-under is set at 76 and a half. What are you thinking, Jake? Um, I think they're going to be over this year. I just think because of getting Manny Machado, having a, another year of that team getting older, building up their prospects a little bit, I think they're going to have a slightly better season. Will Myers, I'm looking and I'm hoping to have yes. a, a more full, healthy season. Right. He well, is capable. We want him to be healthy because yeah. when he is, he looks like a potential offensive star, honestly. I So, I mean, I... The problem is, is that division is... That's a tough division. It's so hard. And you have the Dodgers and the Rockies who are just constantly going to be playing well. The Giants are a competent baseball team. The, I mean, the Giants should be looking... Um, we'll get to them in a moment. But yeah. the Giants should be looking at a little bit of a bounce back year. I, I see them... I mean, I still see them struggling... The, in in that type of in that type of division, but I think Eric Hosmer is going to have a little bit better of a year. I think he's going to be up in spirits because right. he has another superstar with him in Manny Machado. Right, and and he's now had a full off season. He knows his teammates. He's used to it. He's used to being the sort of the veteran leader on the team. He's definitely a good candidate for a bounce back year. I just don't want people to be surprised because we've just gotten so accustomed to them being bad for so many years. Right, it's just right. With a move like Manny Machado, I mean, they're going to get better with that. I mean, they have one of the top farm systems in baseball. Sure. I just don't want people to be surprised when you start looking at the Dodgers two to three months into the season, and they're actually playing competent baseball. Yeah, I, I think the Padres, um, they could honestly be in playoff position even into July. I just don't know if the players that they have right now are going to be capable of putting up, you know, 84, 85 plus wins over the course of the season. So that being said, um, for the Padres, I'm actually going to go under here. I think they're close. They're very close. I think they could end up winning 76 or 77 games. That's why I don't really like my pick. But I just think we're still one year away from them being sort of 80 in the 85 plus range um that being said i think the bright days lie ahead for the padres and i think their fans finally have something to be excited about they could be back in the playoffs sooner than we think so the next team is the san francisco giants we just mentioned them 73 wins last year now they've won three world series in this decade uh we're a little bit removed from that the last time was in 2014 they still have Buster Posey. Um, they still have Madison Bumgarner. But their over-under this year is set... 73.5. Uh, what do you think? Over-under 73.5. The tough thing is, like, you look at the you look at the Diamondbacks, yeah. you look at the Giants, and you look at the Padres, and one of them... One of them is going to play to... Play over their head yep. and play over their potential. One of them is going to play exactly what they're positioned at right now, and then one of them is going to be the bottom feeder. Sure. But the problem is, is it's like a roulette table. We don't know. Sure, we don't know what injuries are going to look like. We don't know who's going to who's going to play over their heads. I mean, they have a they have a plethora of aging talent. I mean, you have Brandon Belt at first base, competent first baseman. Yeah. You've got the be- arguably the best catcher in baseball, Buster Posey. Sure, you got you signed Evan Longoria, who is capable in his later years of yeah. still playing quality baseball at third base and still hitting. Absolutely. And then going off of that, you have one of the best defensive shortstops in Brandon Crawford. At, and he's at figured it out offensively mm-hmm. over the last few years. 
Uh, he's a guy that you can expect to definitely be an all-star this year, I would say. And I, I don't hate the depth they have at every position. I think they remind me a lot of a team you remember, the 2015 Yankees. They were able to squeak out a wild card team out of a bunch of old guys that had that one last good year in them. And I think also uh, with the announcement that Bruce Bochy, the manager, is going to retire at the end of this season, I think there's incentive for them to, if not make a playoff push, make a push to be a good team this year. So that being said, um, you're going... Um, this is one of those question marks. It's yeah. like the Pirates. I, I, I don't have a good answer. I... I'm going to say for the sake of the argument, I think that with the aging with the aging town on that team, I think they're eventually going to go under. I think the length of 162-game season is going to be too much for them. They don't have a bullpen. They, out of True. the side of Madison Bumgarner, they don't have a, they don't have a starting pitcher that, yeah. that we know by name. Sure. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go under. I, I think it's going to be between them probably and the Diamondbacks finishing at the bottom part of that yeah. division. Now I, see, I'm, I'm going to agree with you up until a point. I'm going to take a slight over for them here. I think this is a 75-ish win team. Uh, like I mentioned, I think they're going to go all out for Boshi in his last year. I think the Diamondbacks are going to be the team that falls to the bottom. They've lost pretty much all of their good players. So I'm going to go slight over, but uh, like with the Pirates pick, I'm not super excited about it. The next team, the second-to-last team in the NL that we're going to talk about is the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I don't know if you know this. They <laughs> added Paul Goldschmidt to their team. No, they didn't. He plays for he plays for Arizona. Though the, he doesn't. They added him in possibly one of the most untalked about moves of the offseason. This is a guy that is pretty much the best at his position, potentially in all of baseball, and he gets absolutely no credit from the media. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is part of the St. Louis Cardinals. He is going to be playing for them for opening day, you're sure? We might not believe it till we see it. Um, <laughs> but the St. Louis Cardinals, they won 88 games last year. The line is almost right there, 88 and a half. Over, under, what do you think? Have we overlooked them this entire NL podcast? I mean, we... we I think we have a little. And we've we, had conversations oh. about the Cardinals where... I kind of try to talk myself into them as a playoff team, and then we kind of look at it from an outside perspective and think maybe they're not quite there. I think Cardinals fans are going to be mad at us because all we've talked about was the Cubs and the as the Cubs and the Brewers, and I think that's a little bit of recency bias. But I also think there there's some justification to that. We know that Yadier Molina, one of the best catchers in baseball, right. he's going to he's aging gonna, aging though, still able to play. Right, you've got. Arguably, and I, I can make a very strong argument for the fact that Paul Goldschmidt could be more important of an offseason acquisition than Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. I think what you like there is the consistency. Now, obviously, going to a new team, you never know what you're going to get. Right. It, it could be a learning year for him, but uh, I definitely love the Goldschmidt edition. Matt Carpenter, a power surge last year. He was outstanding. He's a candidate for regression. It's it's going down. You can pretty much put you. Can, I would put my mortgage on it. <laughs> Matt, Matt Carpenter played over his head last year, in my opinion. You're if you're if you're expecting him to hit, you know, forty home runs next year, you're a Cardinals fan, right? Um, and if not, you're you're a sane thinking baseball right. fan. Um, the thing though that I do like is that this outfield is going to be overlooked. 
Oh, you yeah. got Marcelo Zuna in left field, who's a very confident left fielder to hit. He is a great player. You've, I love watching him. You've play. got Dexter Fowler in right field. Yeah. Still a still a, a speedy, good leadoff hitter oh, yeah, on, absolutely. A, on a team. You're going to love him at the top of the lineup uh, if you're a Cardinals fan. And then Harrison Bader showed last year. This is one of the most... <laughs> I can speak as a Nationals fan. <laughs> as a Nats caller. Uh, trying to get into the playoffs last year with the, the horrible team that we had. Harrison Bader can play baseball. He is a good player, and uh, Cardinals fans are going to love him for years to come. He is so fun to watch because the moment that he, he goes makes all contact, out, he goes all out. The moment he makes contact on a baseball field, yeah. it's just all out balls to the wall, yeah. 150 miles an hour. You never have to question his work ethic, his effort. It's always going to be 150 percent. I love him in center field there. I think he showed in sort of like an audition year last year that he's a guy you're going to want going forward as one of the staples of your outfield. The other thing to talk about, too, is they got Andrew Miller. Yeah, Andrew Miller, um, I think there are a lot of teams that wanted him. Now, he didn't have a great year last year. He kind of fell off in the playoffs, especially when Cleveland needed him to come through. But he was hurt. Mm-hmm. He was, and that's an, and injuries are always a concern with Andrew Miller. When he's healthy, he's one of the best left-handed relief pitchers and maybe pitchers in baseball. But when he's not healthy and he's pitching through something or he's missing time, you can't really count on him. The other thing, too, is Jordan Hicks. Yeah. The I put Jordan Hicks in the Aroldis Chapman without command sure. conversation because he throws harder than anybody else in baseball. Yeah. And it's a spectacle to watch him on the mound. Having said that, if he was my closer, I would have a heart attack yeah. every time he you, stepped on the mound. You really don't know what kind of season you're going to get out of him. Um, so you're going under? Uh Here's the thing is I, I want to say I want to go under because I believe in the Brewers, but I also think to myself, it's like, why can't the Cardinals be the second in this division right. in a wild card spot? And that's where I go back to the Reds. Uh, you and I both like them as potentially a wild card team. I think if the Brewers fall off a little bit, it's going to be between Cincinnati and St. Louis. Um, now, if you like what Cincinnati has done, you think they're building a potential playoff team like I do and like you do, then good for you. But if you're going to go with history, you're going to go with established players, you're going to go with an organization that really doesn't miss the playoffs very often, especially these last 20 years or so, sure. I think the Cardinals are a decent bet. That being said, I'm going under personally. Okay. I think this is an 80, 81, 82 kind of win season. And unfortunately for, for Paul Goldschmidt, he's going to have to wait a little while till he gets to the playoffs. Yeah, and the other thing that's just concerning about this about the Cardinals is that you've got an aging you've got an aging Adam Wainwright. Right. You don't know what you're getting out of Michael uh, Walker. Adam Wainwright could honestly be a non factor, if we're being honest. He could not he, he could make ten starts this season and nobody nobody knows who he is. The other thing too is that going at the, this rotation, you know some of the guys, Carlos Martinez, yeah. shown flashes. Miles being, Michaelis is also a good one. Right, but the the reality is is that you just have no idea what you're getting from yeah. the starting rotation. It, it's not an established rotation like you would probably want from a playoff team. So finally we're gonna take a break right after this and before we go into the AL. The last team on our list is the Washington Nationals. Their over-under is 89.5. They won 82 games last year, but they've had a very good offseason. Jake, what do you think? An over-under 89.5. I see them as a 91-team plus this year. I think they're going to be in the hunt to win their division this year. They have, minus the subtraction of Bryce Harper, they have made themselves a contender by building and being solid at every single position on the baseball field. And they've built depth 
from from all from all around. I mean, you have a, a really good pickup in my opinion, Jan Gomes, to solidify yeah. that catching position. Which oh, it was, was a, a big, disaster which, last year, which was a huge issue. You have Anthony Rendon. Well, not just Jan Gomes. Before we get into Anthony oh, yeah. Rendon, let's overlook him for a second. Kurt Suzuki as well, coming playing back. for division rival Atlanta last year. He's coming back, and I don't think there's a better backup catcher in baseball, honestly. Do you not know? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this just really quickly. If you think for a second that Sandy Leone is not the best backup okay, catcher, okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on uh, to Rendon. Uh, we've talked about Rendon pretty much every time we've ever talked. Do you um, know who that is? He's a third baseman for the Washington Nationals. He is, in my opinion, a top five player in the National League. Um, the consistency's there. Uh, the pedigree is there. He is arguably maybe the second best defensive third baseman in baseball. At, at the very least, a top five defensive player, a top five offensive third baseman. Uh, you put him anywhere in the lineup, he's going to produce. And uh, he has shown consistency in games played, and his power has gotten better over the years. I also like his his um, infield Left side of the infield partner, Trey Turner. Trey had kind of a sophomore slump last year, but uh, his speed is breathtaking. His ability to get on base. He's gotten better at taking his walks. I like him there. Um, what are your thoughts on Brian Dozier? I think now, uh, Howie Kendrick's also coming back, so he'll be in the second base discussion. But uh, Brian Dozier, just quick, what are your thoughts? I think he could hit 30 home runs this year. I right. think he could have a bounce back year. I think he's going to be healthy this year, right. playing on a team that's going to try to win the division. I think he's going to do nothing but bring veteran leadership and presence to this team Absolutely. and help them win. You're getting another resurgence from Juan Soto. I uh, think he's, Soto is going to take uh, take off, basically, is what I think. I do not see a sophomore slump coming from Juan Soto. And then I see also a, a healthy year from Adam Eaton and Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah, and and the, the big question mark, I think, when you're looking... Um, obviously, Ryan Zimmerman at first base is always a question mark health-wise, but they brought back Matt Adams, who played most of the season in Washington last year and was excellent, sort of locking down the middle of that lineup. He's a capable starter, so when you have him on the bench, that's a good thing. Uh, but the big question mark for me is Victor Robles. He's the Nationals' top prospect. He's going to likely start center field uh, all of next season, we hope. And we don't really know what we're going to get out of him. Now, Juan Soto, we kind of got an idea. We got we got a taste of what we're going to see from him. The power's there. The contact is there. He's going to take his walks. Um, Victor Robles, excellent defensive metrics, but we don't really know offensively what we're going to get. So I think that's worth mentioning. The other thing, too, to definitely talk about is that the Nationals have arguably the best starting rotation in baseball. I mean, right. you, and you, certainly in their division. Certainly in their division. I mean, you have Max Scherzer. Yep. How many Cy Youngs? I think Max is only at three. That's shocking. Right, and you you would almost expect it to be more. Uh, he's, I think, clearly the best right-hander in baseball, um, arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, Steven Strasburg, it's always a question of health. Please, It's always please. a question of health. If he gives you 25 starts, you're making the playoffs. I'll say it. You're making the playoffs. If he gives you 15 starts... It's a question mark. It's a question mark, and you're going to have to look elsewhere. Now, they made the big signing of Patrick Corbin. Huge who was, deal. Um, he was easily the best left-hander in the National League last year, and he's going to solidify that rotation where they go from one of the best to potentially the best. And I also like what they did adding Anibal Sanchez, bringing back Jeremy Hellickson, um, 
And I also like their bullpen. I think Sean Doolittle, counting on him to be healthy, most advanced metrics agree that he's one of the best relief pitchers. I like betting on Trevor Rosenthal, Kyle Bearclaw, uh, guys that you think are going to maybe bounce back and put together a good season. If the Nationals, if the Nationals remain healthy in their pitching staff and that starting rotation and in their bullpen, right. and they can avoid those injury woes that they had last year, they're going to the playoffs. This, this team is going to go as far. They have the offensive capabilities at every position. This sure. team is only going to go as far in the regular season and in the playoffs as their pitching staff takes them. Sure, absolutely. So I think both of us like the over for the Nationals. I, I think they're going to be contending with the Phillies, the Braves, and even the Mets to, to a lesser extent for the division. That being said, we both like them as 90-plus win, as a 90-plus win team. Yep. So there it is. So thank you all for listening to our over-unders Major League Baseball podcast. This was our third episode of Stats on Deck. I'm Nick Laporte, and I was joined by Jake Adams. Jake? Boom, baby. Yost ball.